the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Word of God is filled with the most fascinating stories. What's even more incredible, they're all true because His Word is truth. As His children, we should be excited about His Word. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to celebrate the Word. He'll be teaching from Psalms 119, verse 162. Have your Bibles. For those of you who were not here last Sunday, we began a new series. And we're going to review uh, some of that series. And we're going to try to play catch up with you and then yet move along with a sense of rapidity in order to uh, get to new insights for today. Amen. The scripture for the series is found in Psalms 119, verse 162, chapter 119, Psalms 119, verse 162. That's our theme verse for the duration of this series. We are actually engaged in part two. It says in Psalms 119, 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. If you were digging in your backyard to plant a tree only to discover something unusually hard and with a tremendous sense of curiosity, you kept digging because you wanted to know what that hardness was. And when you got to the actual box, you took it out, opened it up, only to discover that there was $2 million as its content that suddenly became yours. How would you feel? I believe you would be ecstatic, you would be enthused, you would be delighted, you would, your adrenaline would be flowing, your blood pressure would go up, you could not contain or control yourself because of your newfound treasure. Well, on Monday, April 14th, my wife and I flew to the Philippines to celebrate the translation of the Word of God to the people group who spoke in the Cagayan language. They discovered the treasure of God's word for the first time, like finding a hidden treasure chest in your yard. And when they found the treasure chest of God's word, they were filled with excitement, exhilaration, enthusiasm because of their new found discovery. When I had the opportunity to preach in this small house church in the Philippines, I preached to about 50 members in this little house church called Jesus Hope of Glory. And I challenge the saints to continue to celebrate the word of the living God. And today, Maranatha, 
I bring the same challenge to you because there needs to be a rededication of the word of God by Christians in America because for the most part, many Christians have become complacent when it comes to the word of God. This beloved is the uh, Bible and the Kagayan language in the Philippines, a little island just off the coast where they have received the word of God for the very first time in their language of which one of our missionaries worked on that translation team for some 24 years. She is now about 60 years old. And uh, another couple on that team started when they were 34 years old and now they are 64 years old in the conditions, third world conditions, stream heat and humidity, denying themselves the creature comforts that we all enjoy so that the word of God could be given in the language of the people and to see all the celebration and festivities and all the things that we were engaged in was just just incredible. But how long have we had the word of God? We've had it around us. All of our lives, all of our lives, and, and have we become complacent with the word of God in our language? And you know, and as we were there, Jackie told us when I mission, they said, now just over there down the street, there's another people group that have yet to have the word of God in their language. They need somebody to come, build a relationship with them, give them an alphabet, and begin to put the word of God in their language just a little ways down from where her people group were. Isn't that amazing that we have the word in our language for all of these years and barely touch it? We're no longer excited about it. Where's the enthusiasm? There needs to be a rededication of the word of God. You say, why do we need the word of God anyway? Well, God gave us his word because he wants to have relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us. God wants to talk to you. And uh, he wanted to communicate with you so that you can cultivate an intimate, personal relationship. And then last Sunday, I began to show you historically through the scripture how God spoke to his people. We said briefly, and I'll be moving if you can write. We said, number one, God spoke to Adam and Eve, and he gave them instructions. He enjoyed fellowship with his creation, and he gave them instructions as to what to do and what not to do, and he gave them the consequences as to what would happen if they violated his instructions, which is found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. God has been speaking since the dawn of human history. And then secondly, we said in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, God spoke through that patriarch Abraham. He says in verse 2 of Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. He spoke to Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old when God, God speaking to him and told him to get thee out from your family. And he left Haran and he started journeying where he knew not where he was going. He left out by faith, by faith, because he heard the voice of Almighty God. Thirdly, in Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 7 and verse 10, we see God speaking to Moses. For in verse 4 of Exodus chapter 3, it says, So when the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside to see that bush that was burning but not being consumed, God called Moses from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, 
Moses called him twice. And he said, here I am. And verse 7, it says, and the Lord said, which means God is speaking, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. I want you to go down, go down, Moses, and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. God spoke to Moses, calling his name twice. Fourthly, in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, and verses 5 and 7, we see God speaking to Joshua. Joshua, so he speaks to another servant. Uh, For it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead, says God. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, Joshua, neither will I forsake you. You see Almighty God speaking, speaking, speaking. So we saw him speak to Adam and Eve, and then we saw him speak to Abraham. We saw him speak to Moses. And now we see God speaking uh, to Joshua. And then number five, God speak through dreams. And we can see account of that in Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17. We see God speaking through dreams. In verse 13 of Genesis chapter 28, it says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, You see God speaking? I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and your descendants. We see him speaking in a dream to Jacob. God also speak through dreams. And then number six, we said last time in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And verses 16 through 18, we see God speaking through prophets. Say prophets. He speaks through prophets. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. You see God calling Samuel. God said to Moses, Moses. Moses. Now, you know, he's calling in twos, called names twice. Samuel, Samuel, God speaking to man. Number seven in Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through eight, God continues to speak through prophets. For we see here him speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. For in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mama's womb, I knew you. That's why I'm against abortion. God knows you when you're in the womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Verse 6, then said I, ha, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. I'm, I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a you, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. 
By the way, Jeremiah, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then we see uh, Isaiah having a personal encounter with the Lord himself. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord in Isaiah 6, 1. I love that passage. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. In that particular passage, Isaiah saw the Lord. But in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, we see God speaking to Isaiah. For in Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verses 8 through 9, Isaiah heard the voice of God saying, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. And he said, go and tell this people. You see, but the greatest expression of God speaking to man is through his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. This was the greatest expression of the love of God toward men. God spoke directly to to Adam and Eve, and he spoke directly to Abraham, and spoke directly to Moses, and he spoke directly to Joshua, spoke directly to Joshua, spoke directly to to Samuel, and and Jeremiah, and Isaiah, and now God says, I'm going to do you even better than that. I want to make sure you don't miss the voice of God. I'm going to send my very son in the fullness of time. He's going to be born of a woman under the law, and he's going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, and he's going to talk to you face to face. Isn't that exciting that God will send his son to represent God on earth in flesh and blood to talk with his people, to show his people the more excellent way and to save them from their sins. Well, you know what they did. God talked and talked so long. They didn't like his talk like they don't like your talk. You get to talking about Jesus. Some folk don't like to talk about Jesus. And they get offended when you say Jesus Christ is the only way. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And and when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Folk couldn't take that. And they were saying that was blasphemous. And they ended up because of their hatred and animosity for Jesus. They put him up on an old rugged cross. And, and yet he, he kept on talking to his creation. Kept on talking. He talked to God and was talking to man. God, he said, Father, uh, uh, forgive them for they know not what they do. But then he talks to man and says to the thief on the right, this day. God talking to man. This day you shall be with me in paradise. God talking to man in his waning hours, you see. He died on that cross. He was buried according to the scriptures. But early Sunday morning. Anybody know about that earliness? Early before the cock crowed, early before the dew fell on the roses, my rock, my savior, my joy, my delight, my redeemer got up out of the grave with all power in his hand. Went back to glory, sat down in the second seat of the Trinity at the right hand of the majestic on high. 
When God came up on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came down. The Holy Ghost came down and then the Holy Ghost began to talk to creation and to man. For number nine, the Holy Spirit who is God also speak to his people. Acts chapter 13 verse 2, you see the Holy Ghost talking because the Holy Ghost, the third person in the Trinity is God and he came down and he is now working a work like only he can work. It says in Acts, 6, Acts 13 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So you see here God, the Spirit, give instructions as it relates to the work on the church. I like what it says, the Holy Spirit said. When is the last time the Holy Spirit said something to you? <laughs> how many of y'all know the Holy Ghost is still talking? He's still talking. How many, how many you know, the, how many, when the last time you said the Holy Ghost told me that I should do this or that. The Holy Ghost told me not to buy that. The Holy Ghost told me not to travel that. The Holy Ghost told me not to take a vacation but to stay home and just enjoy San Antonio this year. You know, the Holy Ghost got to do some tall talking to do that sometimes. You know? <laughs> so when you got your mind made up to do what you want to do, you know. But the Holy Ghost ought to have priority and he'll make you do things you wouldn't normally do. But when he has a control over you, you'll find yourself doing what you said you would not do. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will talk to you. He'll tell you when you're right. He'll tell you when you're wrong. He'll tell you to speak and then tell you to shut up. <laughs> oh, the Holy Ghost is some kind of person. I just love the Holy Ghost. I like that song that says, let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you all the way, all the way from earth to heaven. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. He's a mighty good leader. He's a mighty good leader. He's a mighty good leader all the way from earth to heaven. Just keep on praying. (laughs) Just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Let the Holy Ghost lead you all the way. The Lord, listen, let me tell you something. When you walk in the Holy Ghost, you've been gotten. Oh, what we need is some people who have been arrested by the Holy Ghost. You so arrested until you Christ intoxicated. I mean, you, I mean, you, you so arrested until you are drunk in the Holy Ghost. You know how it is when you get drunk. Somebody say you've never been t- drunk. You've been tipsy. If you tipsy, you've been drunk. When you're under the influence of all that Coors and Johnny Walker Red and Bud, cutting Bud and all this other stuff, all of a sudden you begin to talk loud. You begin to walla. You begin to do strange things. You can't even walk a straight line because of under the influence of alcohol. But just like you're under the influence of alcohol, you ought to be just as much under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. You are drunk in the spirit. You are Christ intoxicated, which means that you are under his divine control and leading and direction. Number 10, God also spoke uh, through the apostles in Acts chapter 9, verses one through nine, we see God speaking through the apostles. Uh, we see God getting a hold of Saul and changing his name to Paul. Uh, we see a count of that in Acts chapter nine, verse four. In verse four, it says, then he, Saul, fell to the ground and heard a voice. That, that voice is again. 
See that voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Now the first two, two names, first name he said, Moses, Moses, Samuel, Samuel, Saul, Saul. And he why are you persecuting me? And when you mess with God's people, you mess with God himself. You see, then he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And he goes on, he talks and tells him what he must do. In Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16, we see God speaking again to another apostle. He speaks to the apostle Peter. Peter had some Jewish hangups that God had to deal with. And so um, he put Peter in a, a trance and, and all kind of animals came down. And then God told him, verse 13 of Acts 10, and a voice uh, came to him, of, uh, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Especially those un, all the unclean animals that he, that he was forbidden to eat. But look what Peter said. He's so stuck in his tradition. You know how some get so stuck in their ways that you can't see God do a new thing in your life. God was doing something new, and Peter was stuck in his old traditional mindset saying what he can't do. You know, that's what traditional folks do. Oh, we never done that that way. Why we got to do that? Why we got to go? Why this time? Amen. Look, so he said, verse 14, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice, you know who that voice was, was it? Don't you? Who's, whose voice was it? God. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. So Peter could get the point. He was so stuck in his ways. And the object was taken up into heaven again. Then number 11, and finally today, God speaks through his word, his word, the Bible. God speaks through his word. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, it says, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountains, verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in dark place until the day dawn, the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is given, is, is of any private interpretation for the for prophecy came not by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God wrote the scripture through the spirit, through human hands, protecting, governing, guiding, superintending the process, allowing man to use their own styles and personality, but superintended and overseen by God himself. And we summarized last week by saying this, number one, apart from the miracle of the new birth, it is impossible to hear the voice of God because you are spiritually dead, blind, and deaf. Apart from the new verse, you cannot hear God. You got to know God before you can hear God. That's all it's saying. Uh, if you have not been born again, you, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you cannot hear God until God makes you alive, unstop your deaf ears, and open your blinded eyes 
Only then can you hear God. Number two, it is possible to be in Christ and not hear God because you have not surrendered to him. You can be in Christ and still not hear God. And that's bad when Christ is in you and you won't even listen to him because you're so wrapped up, tied up in what you want, your agenda, your schedule, your way, my way or no way. And God is trying to speak to you, but your self-centered ways have gotten in the way of your hearing God. Thirdly, today God is still speaking, but the real question is, are you listening? He's still speaking. God's been speaking since the dawning of creation. Oh, I, I ask you a question today. When is the last time you heard God? When is the last time you heard God? Not that you're going to hear an audible voice saying, I want you. No, not necessarily. For some people, he'll do that. And others, you'll never hear that in all your life. Sometimes you hear God through the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances. Sometimes God speaks through dreams. Sometimes God speaks through people. God speaks through teachers. God speaks through pastors and evangelists and all these people that God has given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. But the primary and most way that God speaks today is through the word of God and all other speakings ought to be tested in light of the word of God. That's right. If it's some dream, I got a dream from God. You better find something in here about it. Because <laughs> it could have been you just ate too much pork chops. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Today God is still speaking, but the real question is, are you listening? Number four, apart from a reduction of noise, crowds, and busyness, you'll not be able to hear the voice of God. Apart from the reduction of what? Noise, crowds, and business, and that's what keeps you from hearing God. All this noise, shut down the boombox, shut up the cell phone, cut off the telephone, shut down the television. Get people out of your way. Find you a solitary place. Business, that's why you do busy. You, you, you are so, your calendar is so busy until you have scheduled God out of your life. You don't have to, when you, when you, when you done, you can't do nothing but sleep. Look how quiet it is. You're too busy. Too busy. Too busy. Crowds. You like crowds. Got to be with a hangout. If it's not big, something's wrong. Big is not necessarily better. The Bible says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You know, folk come to church and can't be still. You know, now I'm not talking about you who have physical ailments or you who have little children. You have to, if they start crying, please take them out and get them settled down and bring them back in. Amen? So we're not talking about you with little ones and you who have physical conditions and, and such things. And if you know you got to leave early, don't sit way up on the front walking back out here tipping your hand up like that. What you doing? And what that mean? Excuse me? You know, if you know you got to leave a little early, go and sit in the back. You can hear God back there too. Amen? Won't y'all say Amen? You need to teach your children how to sit down. You t- do their business before they get in here, and you teach them how to be still. And that's what's wrong in school. They can't be still. They be still. Teach your children how to be still. You can't learn that move. You know what? Kids can't be still. Parents can't be still. You don't have to be lollygagging out in the aisle, whispering and talking and fraternizing with one another. You don't come here just to meet, meet your, your buddies. Now, that's a good thing, but that's third dairy. It ain't even secondary. 
That's third dairy. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.